the EP podcast. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found, and always at the eppodcast.com. Hi, my name's Chris. I'm your neighbor. At the other end of my nine-foot homemade oak bar in my basement here in Evergreen Park is Hannah. You're going to hear from her in a moment. Let me tell you what's going on next week in the EP podcast. The Evergreen Park High School unaccompanied minors will be in my basement. Wait, that sounds weird. It's an acapella group. Don't worry. Their parents know they're coming. This week, we've got a lot for you. Did you know there's a brewery trail that has now been declared official that starts right near Evergreen Park and goes all the way to Crete, Illinois? We're sitting down with some of the brewers, the people that came up with it, including the folks at the last stop on the trail to talk about it. We're also going to do another installment of Meet the Neighbors and another neighbor in Evergreen Park. Rich Bird has a display set up inside the Evergreen Park Library about the shortest Major League Baseball player in history. And he's got a connection to the White Sox. All of that much, much more ahead. First, I have to get my toddler out of here who has not gone upstairs yet. Go upstairs and watch a TV show with Dominic or Audrey, and then in 15 minutes, I'll be up. <laughs> Shut the door. He said that's mean. Somebody shut the door! Thank you! (laughs) He and I have been stuck with my children. (laughs) The joys of fatherhood! Uh, You know, here's the thing. When you take a trip, when you're you're a dad... With three children. Well, any children. I mean, I remember when I took my first trip with my daughter, Audrey, and she was the only child I had at the time. And she was like, you know, I I think my wife was... She wasn't even pregnant with our, our next... And she was probably like, I don't know, a year old or something like that, a year and a half. We went to West Virginia because that's where she's from. And I remember packing up all the stuff in the back of the SUV, driving to Wheeling, West Virginia, visiting my crazy mother-in-law. I remember after getting into the hotel, unpacking things, packing things back up, stopping for this, doing that. I got back from the first time I ever did a road trip with my only child. Saw my dad the next day. He opened up the door at his house in Mount Greenwood, and I hugged him. One of the tightest hugs I've ever given my father ever. And he starts laughing. He goes, what? And I said, I never understood how hard it was for you to take us on vacations. Yeah. I never understood how hard these trips were. I never understood the crap you went through driving in the car with noise in the background. He was like, it's just going to get worse. And it does. I mean, now with the 13-year-old, even though she's on the phone all the time, but I don't want her on the phone all the time, you know? And then I got the 11-year-old, and then I've got the little guy who's three. There's always somebody that's got a problem. Well, didn't you the take three-year-old's a- talking, the 11-year-old's ticking off the 13-year-old, the 13-year-old's asking for something ridiculous. So and so, I mean, like, there's always something going on while you're driving the car. Well, didn't you take a two-year-old and a newborn to, to Italy? How was, it was that? A, it was a th- Two and a half year old and a three month old. I took yeah, them to Italy. To Italy. That was easier because I had my folks with me. So like okay. it was like a group effort. My sister and my brother in law were there with their only child who was like six months old. Yeah. So and you then, had two newborns. So we were all we were all kind of working together, like everybody's covering for each other. It was a little easier. Okay. You know? And I don't know. I mean, we just kind of took that as we knew it was gonna be rough. I I just feel like with the with the other trips, like the basic ones, like this one we went to Kansas City. I'm just like, can I just drive for eight hours and everybody not be a pain in the butt? But no, I can't. I, you know, I got to stop someplace for a restroom because the one, the little guy's got to pee and the restroom at the place is broken. 
and, so and you go behind the dumpster. I go, I go, I go, I go over there. So then I'm like, okay, pee on the tire. So he pees on the t- he pees on the tire, and the pee splashes off onto me while I'm holding him, and he's laughing because he splashed a pee on his father's shoe. It was just like that kind of trip, you know. And then I went out to uh, to Kansas City, and I don't know. My in laws they they're not they're not big fans of their son in law. I don't know if it's because of the fact that I took my my wife away. You know, small town girl moves to the big city. I I have no idea, but somewhere there's always going to be this little thing where they just give me a look. Mm-hmm. You know, you're just uncomfortable when you're there and too many days living with your in-laws when even after 18 years of being around 15 years of marriage this this summer and they're still giving you that look. Y'all were there for a pretty good while. Way How many too days? Long. Way yeah. too long. I mean, there was a point where they were all having an argument and I was the topic of conversation and nobody could tell me what I had done. <laughs> like I was downstairs watching TV with the kids and an argument started. And I just kept hearing Chris this and Chris that. And I'm like, what did I do? I just woke up like 15 minutes ago. <laughs> it is now time for your Evergreen Park word on the street. Here we go. Wiffle T-Ball begins Wednesday, May 1st at 6 p.m. And only the Wednesday league still has spots available. Saturday is all fold up. If you want to get in on it, make sure you call the rec department immediately. The Evergreen Park Recreation Department Candlelight Theater is presenting The Tempest this coming weekend. Thursday the 2nd, Friday the 3rd, Saturday the 4th, Sunday the 5th. Adults 12 bucks, seniors and students $10. It's being held at the Evergreen Park Senior Center at 9547 South Holman Avenue. But if you want priority table seating, Get it at the Community Center, 3450 West 97th Street. And I've seen them up at Circle Park, or Klein Park if you prefer, the Sand Volleyball League. The 2019 league is forming now. It happens on Wednesday nights. 21 and over league, $200 per team, and teams can be co-ed, but must have the same amount of males and females. Leagues start the last week of May. Now is the time to get your team. Call the Recreation Department at 708 229-3373 or call Kelly directly at 708-825-6448. That's your EP Word on the Street. The EP Podcast rolls on everywhere. Podcasts can be found and always at the EPPodcast.com. We are hanging out at the Blue Island Beer Company once again with Alan Cromwell uh, who has been nice enough to have us in here before and we have some guests that are a little bit further south than him normally from Evil Horse Brewing Company. We have Steve and Amy Camp. And you guys are the very end of what is a brand new thing on the south side of Chicago and the south suburbs, the Dixie Highway Brewery Trail. Whose idea was this, Amy? It was Alan's idea. Alan, why? Why Why? why did you come up with I think I know the reason why, but I want you to tell everybody why you came up with this idea. Well, there's definitely some great beer here on the south side, and us being five different breweries connected on the same street, and then three others that are pretty damn close to it, it just uh, it's a nice way for us to all join forces for a little extra advertising and marketing, and um, who doesn't like making an effort and uh, uh, a trip out of going to a bunch of breweries? First of all, let's go over the breweries, because it's great, especially for people like, I'm in Evergreen Park. So it's perfect for Evergreen Park people because you can head right over down the street in Beverly and start at Horse Thief Hollow, go to Open Outcry, then you get here to Blue Island. Then we've got a few breweries that I have not gotten to before. 
Uh, do you know what the order is? Because you guys are at the end, but on the list here, it looks like you're like you're like halfway up. So do you know do you know where I go after that? Well, let's see. Then you would go to Vice District in Homewood, and then you could cut a little bit east and go over to Rabbit Brewing, which is also in Homewood. A little further east is One Trick Pony in Lansing. You could go a little bit to the west of Dixie Highway and hit Flossmoor Station. And then we are actually the furthest south. Right. You guys are at the end. Yep. You're in Crete. Evil Horse Brewing. Yep. What happens when they get through the entire thing? They get an amazing tin tacker that looks like the old Dixie Highway um, signs that are scattered from here all the way on the Dixie Highway, probably down to Miami. And you get entered in a drawing for one of four really cool swag baskets from the breweries that we are going to have at our Oktoberfest in October here at Blue Island. You know, the tin is really cool. You guys uh, show me it. It's, it's sitting out here right now on the bar. Steve here brews for Evil Horse Brewing Company. This is a husband and wife team. And what did you think all of a sudden when Amy comes here or Alan comes here? I don't know if he talked to her first or if he talked to you and they go, we're going to run a brewery trail all the way to your front door. Perfect. I mean, what more could you want? It's um, it's a great thing. In fact, Amy and I are married because of Evil Horse Brewing Company. The um, beer brought you together? No. I actually knew Amy when she was... Like, like you just started drinking beer and decided one night to get married? Well, actually... It's happened to people before. It's happened, too. You, bet, you betcha. Um, no, I knew Amy when she was 14 years old. She was my sister's best friend. Anyway, when the company that did the build-out or the decorating in our, in our uh, tap room, Amy worked for them, and I hadn't seen her in like 28 years. And anyway, because of that, uh, we got together, and here we are. We're married now. How about that? Do we anticipate anybody actually doing like the whole thing in one day? Well, actually, on the very first day that we launched this, we had a girl and her boyfriend from Tinley Park who did the whole trail. <laughs> And they planned it out so perfectly that they stopped at several of the places and ate food, drank the lightest beer possible at each place, and they succeeded in doing it in one day. We do not encourage people to do that. We encourage people to visit maybe one or two a day and just enjoy the experience rather than run from one brewery to the other. And so there's no time limit. You start, you can you can come back a week later and hit another one. It's just when you finally eventually end and finish the whole trail. Six months. You oh, have, you get six months. You have six months to do the whole thing, and then you get your tin tacker. Okay, so if I can get all eight in six months, which doesn't seem hard to me at all, because I would just do this whole thing right now. Like, I've already had my first one here at Blue Island. I'm thinking about skipping it over to Beverly <laughs> and then turn around. I'm going to follow you guys home. Okay, and I'm just going to run through this entire thing. But six months if somebody wants to do it. But the brewery trail is not six months long. Nope. This is something that you got. This is permanent, right? It's permanent. You can do it whenever you want. It's going to be around for a long time, hopefully. Okay. Alan, before we get out of here, if there's one thing that's a regular standard inside of your establishment that if somebody goes on this trail, they should try, that they should be like, okay, when we hit the Blue Island Beer Company, we should have this. What should it be? Our uh, most respected beer has got to be our Five Bridges German Kolsch. It's our best-selling beer in the tap room, outside of the tap room, baseball stadiums, uh, like the White Sox uh, stadium. And um, it's just been a great flagship beer that we have year-round. Steve, you're brewing down at Evil Horse. When they get down to Crete, give me one that they you want to make sure that they try when they get down there. We have 14, and I don't uh, like 
pick favorites. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> we're having our we're having our third anniversary tomorrow. We're releasing a Belgian quad called Doorbrecken, and it's something brand new. We haven't done it before, so try that and uh, have another of something else. It'd be great. Just so you know, we figured this out last night. It's 18 miles from one end to the other, so it's really not that far. Thank you very much to all you guys for having me over, and I really appreciate it. I look forward to doing this trail. I think the broadcast basement is going to do this trail like together as like a group. So expect expect rowdy podcasters to be showing up nice. any day now. Awesome. Okay, awesome. Love it. It's the middle of the show song. 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 Chris had nothing to put here, so he put this song. It's the middle of the show song. And it's going to be a show that's not going to be about politics. Is that so? No, there'll be no politics in this show because if you do a show with a politician on it, ho, 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 prepare for the angry comments and hate mail. Well, you weren't expecting it? All I am is a podcaster. It's not like I endorsed anything that State Representative Kelly Burke said or said anything bad about what she said. does, right? You're staying neutral. I got people who from both sides who are mad at me. <laughs> people are like, you were too easy on her. You should have asked her this. You should have yelled at this. And other people are sitting there going, you were mean to her by asking her about like the voter lines and why is this this way? See what I'm saying? Like, nothing I was going to ask her was to make anybody happy. You know, if I would have had her on 10 years ago, nobody would have been upset about me or being on the show. We're also politically divided now. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Look, I didn't vote for her the last time she was in office. She's just a nice woman who was supportive of the show. She wanted to come on the show. So I had her on. I didn't get political one way or another. Every time I posted the show this week, somebody was like, bruh, bruh, bruh. like, everybody just wanted to be angry. And I get it. But, you know, I gave a call in line out for like four weeks. Like, no if you have a question, in. if you have a question for her, call in. If you want to tweet a question, tweet one in. And the best part was it, and here's the thing, this has got nothing to do with politics because I'm the first one who was, I asked her the question, how do you, how are you a trustee and a state rep at the same time? I asked that because that's, that's, yeah. a, that's a legitimate question. Very she, legitimate. she handled it and she answered it and you may or may not have liked her answer, but she answered it, right? Yeah. But the thing is, is that I went and voted the data you could vote for trustees. I went right over to, to 97th Street or where, just off of Kedzie, whatever that is over there, the community center that's over there, and I, and I went in there where my polling place is. The counter that shows the amount of people that have submitted ballots at 5 o'clock in the evening was 23 people. That is what gets to So me. if you want, listen, I got more than 23 negative comments. Social media is not voting. Right, and it's a thing. <laughs> it's not voting. And, and, then, and then I sit down, I look at the ballot, and nobody was running a post. None of your, none of your government, your small government people were running a post, including the trustees. There were, th there were three trustee spots, if I remember right, and there were three people running. So here's my thing. If you want to be angry about something, that's fine. If you don't agree with something that she says, that's fine. This is not a political show. God almighty, don't come after the podcaster when 23 people voted by 5 in the afternoon that day. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, and, and nobody ran against her. Yeah. You know? If yeah. she didn't run, would there have been an empty spot? I don't know how it works. But please, don't, don't do that. That's crazy. If you're, you know, my mother, I said it on that show, my mother ran for state representative. Right. She wasn't political. She didn't run around and work for political parties. She only ran one time for one election in her entire life. She, she did her did. civic and duty. She had a really she good, she was upset with the guy that was running things. 
and she wanted to make a difference. And instead of just yelling about it, she, she did something. She did something about it. Now she he may tried. have lost, but she it was she a tried. really close election, and she almost upset a guy that had been there for a long time. There should be more people like that. Okay. And to be honest with you, Representative Burke was the first person to sit there and say, I like the fact there's more people coming out of the woodwork. And you don't have to be a career politician to do it. She knows that she could get knocked off by John Q. Public or Jane Q. Public that could come come out of nowhere and they live in Evergreen Park and are not happy. No, I'm not looking. I would never (laughs) run for political office. See, that's my one thing. If I ran for political office, I I know I'd alienate half my friends. Yeah. I I don't feel like doing that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You can't have an opinion now without alienating half of your friends. Like, mm-hmm. I don't po- repost political stuff or get into it. I mean, I have my conversation with people face to face. Right. Like, you and I, when the microphone's all off, we'll talk politics till the sun comes home. We've done it before. And Father Paul, he'll right. talk Father the sun Paul's comes in up. here, he'll talk <laughs> politics with me. There are people who have different viewpoints. We'll all have a conversation. That's what people should be doing. You should be having the conversation with each other. Have the conversation with each other. And when somebody gives you an opportunity to ask a question, like, next time she comes on, take the time to ask a question. Take the time to participate. I'll ask the question. If you're afraid to leave your voice on there or something like that, just contact me and say, Chris, will you please ask it a question before the show happens? Don't pile on after the show. You know, that's just my, you know, come on. Let's, it's crazy. I thought it was nice for her to come on. There are a lot of other politicians that won't come on because they're afraid to come on this podcast. Oh, yeah. They're afraid that if they, if they, if they say the wrong thing or anything like that, she had no fear. So I got to respect the fact she sat down. I respect the fact she sat down and she was so gracious to come here and sit in some stranger's basement. She came to my base. I mean, like she met me one time at a library event, listened to the podcast like once. And then her office reached out and said that she would be willing to come on because I had asked her that night when I was talking. And and she comes and she sits down in my bar. That's more than 90% of the people that I've asked in this area that our local politicians have done. That is absolutely true. Go back and listen through the thing. There's only a couple elected officials that have been on this show. There's a lot of them that haven't. Don't think I haven't asked. These things happen. And if they don't want to come on, I'm not mad at them for it. But I got to have respect for somebody that sits down and would be willing, especially some, you know, any woman that would be willing to show up at some man's house and sit in his weird basement and do a podcast. It's fine with me. Good for her. Because I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't come down in my own basement. Some people be like, hey, I got a podcast. Come sit in my basement. I'm like, yeah, right. <laughs> come on down. <laughs> I have candy. Look at all those people. In this great suburb, driving down 95th and Ked Z. What a great place. It's called Evergreen Park, but we know it better as the EP. We're known for more than just the Unabomber. Remember Ted Kaczynski? You guys might even remember that big old rooster on 95th Street. It's all part of EP's history. So listen up to the EP Podcast. You might be asking why. Because we talk about all things and we celebrate all the great things in the 60805. It's the EP Podcast. All things Evergreen Park. It's the EP Podcast. Evergreen Park. Rich Bird is an Evergreen Park resident. He's also a big White Sox fan. He sits down here with us now to tell us about a display that he set up in the EP library about Eddie Goodell. What's going on, Rich? 
He didn't actually play for the White Sox. He played for the St. Louis Browns, but he's got a lot of connections um, to the White Sox. Okay, so what is the connection then to the Sox? Why did you end up doing this? Well, he was brought in by um, by Bill Veck, who eventually became uh, a White Sox owner and was responsible for things like the exploding scoreboard and short shorts and a lot of ridiculous things. But he was also known uh, for the Eddie Goodell incident, uh, where he put a uh, what they referred to as a time as a midget um, up to uh, to be the leadoff hitter um, in the second game of a doubleheader because they figured he couldn't couldn't strike out. He had a um, a strike zone of approximately 1.5 inches. Right. So Eddie was from Chicago, as it turns out. Okay. And he at the time was uh, was an actor. Um, he was part of a union, and um, Bill was looking for somebody to fit this role, and so they called him up, and, and there he was. It was considered a stunt because he was never going to swing. Is that what it was? He was never going to swing. He was looking just to get on base, and they were immediately, and they did immediately replace him with uh, with a player who eventually also went on to the um, to the White Sox, Jim Delsing. Okay. Uh, a lot of the the players, uh, including the guy that pitched to him, uh, was from Detroit. He ended up on the White Sox. There was uh, a lot of um, circular motion between uh, a lot of those teams, especially in the Midwest. So then Eddie comes. Eddie does that. He does that stunt. Eddie does that and gets kind of famous for a yeah. while. And um, he he only made a hundred dollars off of that um, for his contract, which was voided the next day because the. Commissioner of the American League went ballistic um, that, that somebody was making a, a mockery of his game. I think it's brilliant. Well, yeah. And, and Bill Veck at that point said he Did was... Did they make a height requirement after that? He was threatening to have an inquiry made to see if um, Phil Rizzuto actually was a small, right. <laughs> small regular person or a large little person. Um, and at that point, they, they put his record back into, um, into play. It took about a year. Uh, they tried to strike it out completely. They try to say he never existed. They try to say he never existed, okay. but after about a year, um, he's now on the books. You can open up any baseball encyclopedia and find him in there for his one game. It's not an at-bat because he didn't swing, and um, it's just considered a plate appearance, and right. he has a, a 1,000 on-base percentage. <laughs> I think we could use him right now on this current team. I'd like to send him out there. So what um, did he end up doing? Did he, later on in years, he shows up at the White Sox. Later on, he shows up at the White Sox a few times. He, they once flew him in on a helicopter dressed as a Martian. This was in 1959 when, okay. when Bill Veck took over the team and immediately um, brought him to the pennant into the World Series, which they obviously didn't win. Um, but he came out with uh, with several other little people um, dressed as Martians and tried to kidnap Louis Aparicio. Um, it was a, a middle inning kind of a stunt thing. I love it. So this is going to be up at the library for how long? You know, it's a good question. It's kind of open-ended until they need room for something else. But they've got a little display there. You can go and you can learn a little bit about Eddie. They do. If you go in the front door and turn right and go about, you know, halfway down to where the computers are, there's, uh, it's about six glass shelves. It's full of autographs and, and memorabilia. We have a, a ticket. Um, it's actually a clergy pass that, that they issued to local priests um, for that entire season. Um, lots of autographs, uh, the manager, the umpire, um, all the players that were involved, the, the, the players in the, the drama and the actual players on the field, uh, including a, a, a signed Bill Veck autobiography. It's a, it's a first edition of his that he gave to um, Irv Cups in it. Um, so it was a gift to him. It's something I, I picked up uh, at an auction and um, just throws the, the book right back up there in the library. I thought that was kind of fun. Rich Bird's one of those guys that has collections and He's sharing one of them right now with the people of Evergreen Park in the South Side. You can go learn all about Eddie Goodell over at the Evergreen Park Library at 98th and Troy. Thank you very much, Rich, for coming down. Thank you. I appreciate it. This week on Meet the Neighbors, I am inside Jake's Music Service with Jake Fields. And Jake isn't exactly 
in Evergreen Park, but he's just outside of it. I discovered this place just recently because my daughter had some work done on her saxophone. Somebody told me, go over there because Jake will take care of it. It was like wham, bam, and she's totally happy with it. Jake, how long have you been here in Elsip? For 20 years. Right outside of Evergreen Park. I look around this place and it's really interesting to just kind of see like you got a little bit of everything. You got a few instruments that you kind of have for sale, but you're mostly a repair shop, right? Correct. Is it a love of music? Like, do you play an instrument? Saxophone. Oh, I'm a sax player. My daughter's a sax player. We're the coolest in the band, right? Correct. <laughs> yeah, I started as, out as a musician, and then I couldn't really make a living, so I decided to try something else, so I tried to repair. You were sitting there going, man, I'm always bringing this thing in for repairs. Yeah. I wish I was making that kind of money, and you, and you started doing this. Is it is it fun to have a little music business and, and kind of see the kids from when they're real little to as they grow up still coming in every once in a while when they have to have their instrument fixed? Yeah, it's really cool. You can see them kind of grow up from when they were kids, and now they're like grown in college age. And... Now, the drums that are in the front, are those are those for sale, or are those there so that uh, the smallest children can come in and, and bang on them? No, those are for sale. <laughs> <laughs> How often do you have to tell them to stop banging on them? Pretty much every day. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you guys want to check out Jake's, he's at 11624 South Pulaski Road. That's 11624 South Pulaski Road in Elsip, just outside of the EP. You can give him a call at 708-597-2210 or visit jakesmusicservice.com. Thank you, Jake, for letting us meet you this week. You're welcome. Thanks for stopping in. Your husband sucked my daughter into his nerd game. I, okay, it's a, not even a I'm nerd a little, game. I'm a little it's concerned a, it's a about... Way, it's a lifestyle. It's a nerd... Okay, fine. It's a nerd lifestyle. It's beyond me. I make them food and I disappear. He might, he, he wanted her to come by and just try out Dungeons and Dragons. And Audrey but will try... he's courting her Audrey over this will for try about a anything. year. You see, Audrey's always been an adventurous kid. She yeah. plays a bunch of different sports. And she reads Lord of the Rings. She does theater. She, she reads... reads yeah. yeah. She got sucked into this by your husband, Dave who convinced her to come over to your house yes. and play as a guest person in a Dungeons & Dragons game. Yes. And I showed up after the game had started. Mm-hmm. And I decided I wanted to join. Because somebody wasn't there, you played. Somebody you, wasn't there, yeah. and I said, I'll you play this guy's in. character. Yeah, you subbed. And what was funny was, is first of all, I've never played this game before. And I know some people do, and I don't want to insult you if you're a nerd who plays Dungeons & Dragons. I played in the marching band. I'm saying nerd is a joke. I didn't get it, Hannah. You didn't get it. Your husband stands there. He's got all these things. He's giving out orders. Everybody's walking around. And I'm sitting there oh, thinking yeah. to myself. But in the end, it just felt like all I got to do is cast a spell. Like, that was the funniest thing. Like, I'm sitting there, and and one of the other guys, one of the regular players was sitting next to me, and I took over somebody's wizard. And he's got all these things, like these spells you can cast, which basically just kill everybody with, like, one failed swoop. Mm-hmm. And the other get people are like, well, don't use that spell. I'm like, why? If I use this spell, I shoot fireballs out of my eyeballs and I kill everybody within 20 yards of me. Well, I mean, if you use that, it's kind of overkill. I'm like, overkill? If I have the ability to shoot fireballs out of my eyes, why don't I just end the game right now? I'm going to kill all these guys and we're done. We can all go back. We can all start drinking or something like that or watch a TV show or do anything other than this game. And everybody's mad at me. So like at one point, like I walk into, I walk into a fictitious throne room. And they're all like, examine the walls, examine the this. And I'm like, sit in the throne. And as soon as I said I was sitting in a throne, all the nerds started screaming like, no, you can't sit in the throne. Because obviously the throne is a trap. And I know that. But I just <laughs> want to get to the good part of the game. Who gives a crap if there's a tapestry on the make-believe wall that nobody can see because we're just playing a board game. So I'm like, sit in the throne. And right away, somebody's like, a snake comes out of the throne and bites you in the face. I'm like, awesome. At least something's happening. <laughs> 
And then I, I killed the character twice, Hannah. I killed this character twice. You know what they do? <laughs> they, they bring just, him back to they life. They do a bring back to life spell. I'm like, yeah. come on. I couldn't even lose. I was like trying to Like a soap opera. Nobody ever dies. I was trying to die in the game. Like, I actually decided halfway through the game, like, I just want to die. Yeah. I, I'm done playing this game. I couldn't die. Somebody kept bringing me back to life. Yeah. So now she's hooked in this thing. And she wants to go and play. Oh, you so should have seen me, her. She tells me on Saturday night she's got to go over to your house. And, yes. and her mother won't, won't drive her over there because her mother, I mean, I love my wife. And I don't want to make her sound shallow because she's not a shallow person. But her mother was a cheerleader. And her mother's like, you're going to go to what? With to What? She ain't going to drive her over there. She ain't going to be like, now you're going to be a Dungeons and Dragons player for the rest of your social life. And she's like, I'm not taking her there. So now, and I'm going to the White Sox game. So now you guys are picking her up and I bringing her I am picking her, her up, yes. And then bringing her back. Or she can spend the night. It's up That's to fine. her. I don't care. Just, up to her. play Dungeons and Dragons until 2 o'clock But you know morning. what? She came over. Drink um, soda pop. and I guess, came, You know what it'll do? It'll keep her away from boys, so I'm fine with it. it. You know, she came over about an hour early. And I'm telling you, my husband gave her the epitome of tutorials. He, he had all the textbook. books out. He, he gave did. her a textbook. He gave her what to reading assignments. She read the whole thing and reading took notes. And I was like, well... At least I don't need to worry about her. It's the other thing. If she's playing Dungeons and Dragons, I have far less problems as the father of a teenage daughter. So if that's what she wants to do, I'm okay with it. Her mother's like, oh my God, what is she doing? I'm like, this is great. You can do that. I'll get her a pocket protector. She can, <laughs> we'll get her some nerdy glasses or something like that. It'll be awesome. She'll never have a date. It'll be perfect. 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 Another show is wrapped up. Another show's in the books. Another show is wrapped up. And then by the looks, it's going to be a good one. And we'll see you next week. And the nude is Another show is wrapped up. Another show is wrapped up. Another show is wrapped up. And it's in the books. Another show is wrapped up, another show is wrapped up, and by the looks, it's gonna be a good one. Nudie's Basement, broadcast, basement, the Nudie's Basement, the Broad Basement. Slancha. That was like Dropkick Murphys or something, right? (laughs) I felt like it. All right, so I'm literally sitting here, and Laura and Jeff come walking in from Crete, and you guys did it right. You started in Beverly. Yes. And that way, when you get back to Crete, you're home. That's correct. We- this is this is a professional beer trail <laughs> guy. Yeah, yeah. We're uh, we're trying to work it correct, you know, so we don't get. Uh, uh, in too bad a shape to get home. And you just missed the evil horse people, so that's yes. that's what's hysterical. Yes, yes, we did, and uh, <laughs> that's our home brewery, you know. All right, so you're moving along. You're doing, like, one beer every time you stop it? Yeah. Is that what you're doing? Well, actually, we stopped at the first stop. I hadn't eaten lunch, so we stopped there and had had food and a couple and of horse beers. horse thief? Yes, okay. we had two beers there, and uh, they're really nice, really nice place to be, nice uh, decorations inside, and uh, it's pretty cool. Awesome, awesome. So now, are we doing this all in one day? Oh, no, no, no. We'll probably start all over again once we're finished. <laughs> well, you got to get a couple tins. You got to get a tin for your bar, a tin yeah. for your friends, a tin to put in the living room, one to put over the toilet and the bathroom. You can get a bunch of tins. Yeah, yeah, we can get those. But, you know, it's just fun to get out. And, uh, yeah, you know, I didn't know all this was down here around the south side. And it's kind of nice to promote the south side a little bit. It is. It is nice. Laura? 
What are you drinking? Do you know what it is? It is a massive political corruption. It's really one of the best things they have there at Blue Island. It's it, and it's got a really it's got a really good name as well. I don't usually do the dark, but this is pretty good. It tastes like something you would have drank in like 1910 before like oh, uh, I'm not they that they brought it. Pro- no, well, I'm not saying oh, you're that old. Oh, oh my god. <laughs> And that's the end of the interview. The EP Podcast. <laughs> Heard everywhere podcasts can be found. And always at the eppodcast.com.